0: Hello, you're listening to Just Screen It, case studies in creative distribution. I am your host, Colin Stryker, and I am not an expert in creative or self-distribution. I'm an independent filmmaker working towards making my first narrative feature, uh, a horror film entitled The Grove. So as I've been contemplating my own eventual distribution strategy, I've become sort of fascinated with the notion of self-distribution, but I found that it's really hard with all the information that's out there to uh, really get a good idea of how it's worked for people. So I decided to start this podcast to help capture some of the experiences of those who have already been through it. Uh, whether successful or otherwise, and from those experiences, help both listeners and myself better understand this really complex, crazy landscape of independent film distribution today. So each week, I'll be bringing on a filmmaker who has self-distributed or used creative or non-traditional methods to distribute their film. Uh, My hope is that future filmmakers can take the knowledge gleaned from this show and use it to make their own decisions on how to best distribute their films. Hey, everybody. Uh, I've got a really great conversation for you today. Uh, My guest is Tim Lytel, who uh, self-distributed his comedy Man Baby about a stand-up comedian who tries to convince his wife to have a baby uh, by actually becoming a baby himself. Uh, Yeah, weird, funny stuff in this one. Uh, Tim made the film in the mid-2010s on a five-figure budget and spent eight, uh, his word, agonizing years trying to get his film made and out to audiences. Uh, But I don't want to give you the wrong picture here because it's clear that Tim also really enjoyed the process both of making the film and releasing it through a bit of four-walling and then on Tubi and other platforms. Um, In the interview, Tim is very, very frank and transparent about the ups and downs of his journey. Uh, He talks some actual numbers, um, and we also touch on some good, hard information about how streaming platforms work. Uh, Plus, you get a little ranting from me about the state of the indie film distribution world today. Just what you wanted, right? Uh, Anyway, Tim's story is a good one. There's some positive, some negative, but mostly it just comes down to that uh, magic of movie making that I think is a little bit of a theme to this podcast. Um, We cover so much good ground here. I want to get right to it. So without any more blather from me, here is my awesome conversation with Tim Lytell.
1: I mean, I've been making movies since I was a little kid. Like first movie I made with my dad. I was three years old. We were shooting with my Masters of the Universe toys. Uh, So I've always wanted to make movies. Uh, That's what I went to college for. I I went to NYU, wanted to be like Martin Scorsese and make uh, personal artistic films. And Uh, I have not been able to do that in the Hollywood system, like Martin Scorsese, but I've been able to kind of do it on my own man. Baby is my third feature film. I made one while I was still in school. I made a feature film called the Lauren epic. And then i made another feature film called under the bed right after I got out of graduate school. Um, both of them were more kind of art films, like, like real art films, like man, Mm baby is an art film, but, um, they're, they're a little bit more like for me, not for an audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and maybe it's the first thing, uh, you know, relating to this podcast that I wanted to get distributed that I was uh, aiming for a commercial product aiming for a wider audience than than just my own therapy.
0: Okay. Great, makes sense um so before we get to that we'll, we'll definitely talk about that in detail but um before we get to that i'm just curious about the those previous two films if you don't mind talking about oh them sure a little yeah bit. i am uh,
1: i'm actually a i'm like kind of like oh those two films um <laughs> they're on youtube anybody can see them um okay. so uh you know and they were shot on digital video because mm-hmm. that was uh this is going back to the lauren epic was 2003 okay uh and under the bed was like Oh four oh five, I think I kind of forget. They're both on DV because DV was the thing. And, you know, I kind of had like a little bug in the back of my head in my mind, like, hey, if these are good, I, you know, you can you can blow DV up to 35, which is yeah. what, you know, people were doing back then. I did not do that. There was a company out here in Seattle. Um, I don't know if you remember uh, Indie Yeah, but they were a really interesting company um, because what they were doing was getting, you know, independent filmmakers who were making films uh, and putting their films on DVD and, wow. and selling them, uh, with these kind of, kind of the uh, similar distribution deals that are, you know, familiar to us now for like on demand stuff, mm-hmm. but they were doing it. They were actually printing DVDs. Um, anyway, uh, the Lauren epic and a couple of different things I, I had with Indie flicks and, uh, they did not, you know, really make any money, but they were, mm-hmm. it was a way to get your movie to be seen by Just- people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so when you set out to make those movies, did you have any intention of really getting any kind of wider distribution or did you know that they were sort of for a small audience? And They, they
1: were really like just for me. Yeah. A, I mean, they weren't even for the actors <laughs> in a yeah. lot of ways. I mean, they were, they were kind of for the actors, but they were really like just for me. It was really an audience of one in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I'm I'm a artistic person and I'm always mm-hmm. creating and um I just really wanted to make those movies I I wrote I wrote those scripts and it was really like I, I didn't I, you know this is very kind of embarrassing to say but I didn't even think I had like beyond a like third draft of those scripts it was mm-hmm. kind of like I wrote it I kind of proofread it I kind of looked at a couple things and then I was like let's shoot it you know yeah. it was that kind of thing where it was just yeah. like I just wanted to make this movie and I and I don't regret it. It was great, great life lessons and and great fun, and um, you know they're interesting movies for sure. But uh...
0: I mean, for what it's worth, I don't think that's embarrassing at all. I think if if what you want to do is just make make a couple of movies, make a movie, and and it's you don't have any great pretensions about it, you know it's not going to be some big successful thing or anything like that. You just want to make a movie. There's nothing wrong with just. Getting down and doing it, you know. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you don't want to ag over something like that. You don't want to agonize over a script for a year and be like, you know, I got to get this perfect and that perfect. Just do it. Just get get it under your belt and learn from it, and then move on, and then maybe put more care into something that is you know, you know, is going to try to have a wider reach or something like that. But uh, yeah, I think that's I, I, got a go. uh, I got my share of agonizing.
1: I got my share of agonizing when it came to Man Baby for sure, because that was, that was then an eight year process. So yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So let's go I ahead and, and
0: get to that. So, certainly know about agonizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a little bit of a, a time gap there. Uh, mm-hmm, I think you said mm-hmm. your second feature was 2004 or something like that. And then mm-hmm. Man Baby was made when, what year did you make yeah. that?
1: So we didn't start until 2014. And the script was written over 2013 to 2014. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure about that. So it took it did take a whole year to write the script. Then when we actually started making it, we started rewriting the script while we were making it um for the actors. So um okay, okay so this is more about me which which is kind of interesting
0: it's good to get in get into the background of people these are about personal experiences so there's nothing wrong with telling a little bit about you for some context yeah for, for the context so in that gap between
1: uh my second feature and my third feature of man baby i was doing a lot of video art and i had created this character called grandpa who was sort of uh kind of an online storyteller um is maybe I don't know exactly how to describe the grandpa universe, but mm-hmm. you can also, you can Google this. You can Google grandpa meeker, the grandpa universe. Um, he's kind of out there. He's kind of been buried a little bit by Google's new algorithms, um, and YouTube's algorithms, but it's a very, very old YouTube channel. And, uh, me and the guy who my partner on Man Baby, my producing partner and editor, um, we created these videos anonymously for, uh, years, for all those years in between. We, we, had some storylines and we had some different things um anyway that was taking up a lot of my time and that's what i was doing and uh we had some ideas of making grandpa the grandpa universe into a feature at different times we had some different scripts Uh, again like those first two movies they were kind of just pure creation but in that intervening time we also did learn a lot about the agonizing and trying to trying to trying to make something that had an audience because the surprising thing about the grandpa stuff is that it's very experimental It's, it's not narrative really, but it had an audience online. (laughs) People enjoyed it. People liked it. People followed grandpa. It was really cool because they didn't know it was us. Uh, They thought it was this old bearded man who was doing this. I mean, I'm sure they must've thought that he had some help, I guess. But it was a really cool, it was a really cool experience. It was really cool art. And it kind of opened my eyes to, hey, like, you know, maybe we should have an audience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> maybe I should try to, maybe I should try to get more people to see this. I don't know. It kind of awakened some things. It's like, you know, you said, you talked about um, purely making it without any pretensions. I mean, definitely like I had, you know, I had my pretensions, <laughs> you know, I, wa- I wanted these movies to be seen on some level. Yeah. It's not, it's not that I didn't want them to be seen, sure. but, but the grandpa stuff, I, here's the other thing too. Like, there's always something in move, and I, every I think everybody says this. Like, the magic of movies. It's like, but it's not just the magic of movies, right? It's like, when something works, there is this like magic. Like, and that was the thing with Grandpa. That like, Grandpa had that my first two movies I think didn't really have. You yeah. know, Grandpa had this magic, and maybe it was just the relationship between me and my producing partner. Maybe, maybe that was the magic. I'm not. I'm not sure where that magic came from. But anyway. Right. You know, the magic of grandpa, I think was was a was a big foundation for Man Baby.
0: One thing that I was thinking about as as you were talking is when you talked about how you wanted to make something, I forget exactly how you put it, I'm sorry, but when you wanted to make something sort of for a wider audience, you wanted right. to reach more people. Um I, I'm curious how much of that is a personal kind of artistic decision or or just, you know, a decision that you want more eyeballs on your movies, you want to reach more people versus an actual financial decision. Like I want to make some money back and, and, and maybe to put that into context, if you don't mind talking about money a little bit, like how much money maybe did you put into these earlier films? And, uh, you know, was that all personal stuff or did you get investments? And then were you, you know, were you looking at some point to kind of jump a level and maybe spend some more money on a movie, but maybe get more investment, that kind of thing. Can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Definitely. Definitely. Thanks. Yeah. So, you know, so grandpa was the artistic bedrock of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was just all personal money. That was all just like extra money. You know, I've always kind of worked in like these like tangential film industry jobs. So like at the time i was doing the grandpa stuff and even the features i was working for like a movie marketing company then i was uh you know working as a marketing manager for a for a big e-commerce site and kind of Mm -hmm. doing their like videography and so i so i've always had these like kind of tangential you know entertainment industry jobs Mm -hmm. and so i've made money to make these films but they were all you know very very low budget obviously in in that tangential world of entertainment i worked in adult entertainment I was working, I was doing fetish, kink and fetish films around uh, 2000, around the time that I was writing the man, baby script, like 2011, 2012. And uh, the biggest seller for the particular studio that I was working for were these diaper fetish movies. (laughs) Those were the, those were the biggest sellers. And so that, that's the bedrock of the kind of the, the more mercenary view of this where I said hey if I write a funny you know diaper fetish movie that's gonna that has a built-in audience that's that <laughs> people are hungry for this content because it, it, at least you know on the the clips sites people were hungry for that content you know that content came at a premium so that was the original idea and then also around that time I watched a movie on Netflix called the baby which is a 70s kind of exploitation movie
0: yeah, I haven't seen movie. it but it rings a bell rings a bell okay yeah, yeah.
1: It's great. You should, I highly okay. recommend it if you're into like weird exploitation movie. I don't know. Yeah, and yeah. you're making, you're making a horror movie, right? So yeah, maybe, yeah. I'm yeah, into be, all
0: movies, uh, okay, anything.
1: Okay. I'll watch okay. anything. So. Right on, right on. And yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always trying to kind of like, I'm the same way, right? I just like, yeah. uh, I love movies and I love as crazy as it sounds. I love the business of movies. Like I'm, huh. I'm interested in why things are popular and why things aren't, you know, that, that, that's a really interesting thing to me. And from my, it's my understanding, you know, as, Lower rung in the business that I am, um, horror movies are successful. Horror, yeah. horror movies make tend to make money. Yeah. So originally that was kind of my idea. I had seen this this horror exploitation movie, The Baby. I was working with these fetish clips, and I was like, well, I can make something that makes money. And uh, and and then you know psych, psychologically, that's interesting to me: regression and and uh, paraphilias, eroticizing power, all these things I could I could discuss in a you know movie that potentially if it's, if it's a horror movie, it makes money. Yeah. Um, so started writing the script. <laughs> and it, yeah. obviously if you've, you've seen the movie, it is not a horror movie it is yeah. not really, a. it's a trying to be more of a comedy I'd say. Yeah. And we've gotten a lot of views from people who are diaper fetishists and <laughs> they're not really into it. Um, it's not really a diaper fetish movie. It's not, yeah. it's not really that it is really um, its own unique
0: yeah, it's a little genre bending, I think. <laughs> genre,
1: genre bending, yeah, yep. exactly. And so that's just kind of came out. And so, again, I guess that's kind of going back to the art of it, right? It was like, yeah. that, was, that was what I could write. And I was trying okay. to kind of do this. I was trying to make this exploitation movie. Huh. I was trying to, um, you know, do it. But I could only kind of do what I could do as an artist. Um, although I do think, uh, you know, one big success of Man Baby, um, why people should go out and, and watch it, is that I I do think it's a pretty great example of kind of the rules of screenwriting and a mm-hmm. and a very classical Hollywood three act structure. Yeah. Uh, and again, I, I bend that. And I think I did something kind of cool. You know, if I can toot my own horn just a little bit, sure. yeah. you know, it is, it is the, it's following the Sid Field rules of, mm-hmm. of sequences and acts and that sort of thing. Um, but it does kind of turn it on its head a little bit. And that was intentional because I was trying yeah. again to make a movie that would be watchable would be a Hollywood script. Yeah.
0: Can you, um, without giving it away, can, can you say anything more about how it kind of flips that on its head?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, in man, Baby, there's a, you know, a pretty traditional three act structure, but certainly the, the midpoint twist and the third act are just like, like really, uh, shocking. I'd say. I'd say to most audiences, the things that happen in both those twists are really big twists and yeah, they actually kind of the movie kind of changes genre a little bit, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. um, which is pretty unconventional and something that you usually don't see in a Hollywood movie. Um, Yeah, I think, um, getting back to the, to the, the money aspect though, Mm -hmm. in, in 2012, 2011, when we were writing the script, you know, that was still a time when in my mind, I'm writing this script, I'm thinking we can sell this script. This is just, you know, if we write a, if we write a conventional enough script, that's funny this is actually kind of a product that's something that you know you could do in the in the early 2000s i'd say mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of less a, a thing nowadays and mm. and it was kind of playing out as as we were making the movie and um, why,
0: why do you think that's less of a thing these days I'm curious that's not something I've I really heard a perspective I've really heard you mean like selling scripts is not as much of a thing as it was I it seems think like on he... Twitter or whatever there's all kinds of people out there trying to sell scripts but maybe right. that's why I, is that I what you so. mean? yeah too I, much competition I,
1: well I think there's a lot of competition and I think there's and I don't think that I don't think those scripts that are being bought or sold or, or however that kind of marketplace is going, like, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing those things in the mainstream, at least. You ah, know? I see. Interesting.
0: Um,
1: I, I, I don't see the like Quentin Tarantino, I guess, like, you know, somebody sells a script and then kind of works their way into directing kind of, kind of I progression see. happening. Yeah. And, and again, like, maybe I'm just not seeing it. I think like things are so different now you know in terms of niches you know there's so many like these little niches like maybe there are people doing that but they're just doing that in their little niche that i mean the the thing that i'm seeing a lot of are people who are kind of like me like they're making films on very very low budgets uh with minimal investment or or kickstarter kind of things i just don't see people you know writing kind of conventional mainstream scripts and having those scripts go on netflix you know or go on hulu i you know it seems like it's It's kind of people who are already have some clout have some fame are kind of already kind of juiced in, it seems.
0: Yeah, I think maybe people write like kind of spec scripts and that kind of thing. And then they get the attention of major production companies and studios and that kind of thing. And then they get kind of brought in and then they write things for those studios. So it's sort of like the big corporate giants just kind of want to have everything inside and under their control. And they're not really necessarily going out and seeking original stuff outside of their boundaries. Uh, it, really, it
1: doesn't sense. seem like it. Yeah. Yeah, it. yeah. yeah. And that's, that's kind of the way it seems.
0: Yeah. Know? And so, uh, you know, just to riff on that a little bit, it just seems like from that we have this whole other world then of people who are kind of like, okay, well then I'm just going to make stuff on my own and I'm not going to fight too hard to get ingested into the system. I'm just going to do what I can on, on on the outside. And, you know, with, I think streaming plays a big role in that because it gives this kind of natural place where you can put content that isn't as guarded by gatekeepers. Uh, although, you know, so many people are doing it that it's still equally hard to actually get those, that content seen. Uh, yeah. But I do think that that seems like kind of the world we're in now, how the world has transformed is, is a lot because of that kind of um, that kind of perspective, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's,
1: so- it's, I think what's really interesting about this conversation is like, like the way that people are actually seeing man baby as opposed to, grandpa or under the bed or the born epic any any of my other things that were kind of more personal that i didn't that i didn't think about i wasn't i i personally wasn't calculated about those things right they're going out in kind of the same way like they're just mm-hmm. streaming on the internet like you know man yep. baby is just like free on the internet so it was you know my grandpa's stuff even though it was anonymous yeah but but the big the, the big difference for me i think is um well first of all i was calculated about man baby and so i actually am reaping some sort of financial reward you know Mm -hmm. i man baby is making money essentially Mm -hmm. um which which the other movies did not and there's no reason i don't i mean maybe they are inherently flawed as kind of more artistic creations uh, potentially like they're they're flawed in that way but i i don't think there's a real reason why those movies couldn't have made some money Mm -hmm. um had i had a plan right yeah and that was the big difference was that man baby is like you know I've said from the get go, this is gonna be self-distributed. I'm Uh gonna you know, I'm gonna keep my options. I'm gonna say, like, hey, if you know, if uh, you know, I I don't know, uh,
0: new line comes along and wants to acquire it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody
1: comes along and says, hey, this is we love this, then I'm not gonna say no to that. But you know, I I'm realistic in in my thinking, but I had a plan. You know, anybody that's listening to this, they're thinking about, you know, making a movie, thinking about distributing a movie. That, that really is like kind of the first advice that I give is like, you know, really think about who's going to see the movie, think about your audience, think about who's going to get there Um, because that's what I didn't do. And I think intrinsically, yes, man, Baby had a bigger budget, had, had more money thrown at it in pre-production and production for sure. But, you know, at, at face value, it's not really all that different from those movies and, and this one has the ability to make money you know yeah in general i'm a guy yeah. who i'm i build the plane when i fly it all the time <laughs> right <laughs> you know? right, right. I'm, a, I'm a small business owner i'm you know working for a bunch of clients i mean i i'm definitely somebody who planning is something that i do but it's not maybe as rigorous as way some people do i see I
0: don't know yeah exactly. I uh, everybody yeah everybody has to have their own approach but exactly, exactly yeah well let's let's uh let's go back a little bit i know we're jumping around a little bit but um yeah. if, if if you can take us a little bit more through the kind of formative process of man baby so you have a script yeah. um you know what what what's now and you have a plan i guess you know so so at the same time you're kind of developing a plan for what you want to do with this movie and that's this is i'm sorry we're going back to mid 2010s something yeah like that, yeah we're on know? like so 10 years ago things ten have years changed ago. quite a bit think, since then have, too so i'm sure your plan had to <laughs> had to pivot yeah, a little bit but yeah the, yeah take us through those formulas that that formative period up through kind of production and what was your thinking regarding you know not only distribution but financing and pre-production and all of that if if you can uh share some more detail on that i think that yeah be great. so
1: definitely you know building the plane while we flew it did mm-hmm. auditions Kind of cast it and then was rewriting for the cast which is like real important for me it's like i you know i can't uh write something if i don't know who's gonna say the words you know yeah so.
0: especially the, the the main actor i think in it is definitely things have to be written for him because right. he really lives that role yeah he has
1: to do the thing and yeah. so so that you know took some time and some planning and again i'm just all this is out of pocket at this point you know auditions and writing the script because there's nothing really so then at a certain point, I said, well, you know, now I, I, you know, we need to have some real money. We need to dedicate some time to actually shooting this.
0: And I'm sorry, when you say we, you had a, a producing partner uh, yeah, a walk- yeah. so on board at this point?
1: Yeah, At this point, yeah. My producing partner, uh, Joseph, who, you know, we've made so many things together. We went to school okay. together. Um, okay. So, yeah, we're working together on this. Um, had this- you gotten
0: a budget together at this point?
1: Uh, no, no, no. At at this point also, like, it's just me and him writing the script. He's not really Mm -hmm. involved in the auditioning process too much. Um, I'm kind of doing all that. And again, it's all out of, out of my pocket and, uh, yeah. And then, so at a certain point, I, I think, you know, probably getting with him and talking about like, well, how much is this all going to cost to just, to just get in the can was kind Mm -hmm. of the goal is like, how much how much do we need to spend to just shoot this? And we did it kind of piece by piece. So it was like, you know, how much do we need? just to shoot the stuff in the house mm-hmm. right based on the script you've seen mm-hmm. the movie there yep. spent a lot of time in that house yeah and so we're like <laughs> if we get everything in that house you know then we've got we've got a lot we've got maybe 80 yeah. percent of the movie in that house
0: yeah is this a house you already had like your house or no no no, no okay no. so still a location couldn't shoot, that you couldn't shoot in my house
1: we had we had to get a location <laughs> we had to like okay. get a get a place where we could be because we couldn't shoot in my house for sure right um at the time i was living with my partner we lived in a small like you know, one bedroom yep. kind of place. We needed okay. a house, house, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so we, we figured it out, we budgeted it out. We, ha- we had money, you know, we had money that we had saved because uh, he, he kicked in a little bit and I kicked in a little bit. And then we still said, well, we still need to do a Kickstarter. So we mm-hmm. needed, we needed more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did a Kickstarter and then my my parents were very gracious and they said, whatever you do for Kickstarter, we'll match it. Wow. So I was like, hey, that's, that's nice. Yep. So we did a Kickstarter my parents matched it. We were successful. We got the money from Kickstarter. We got the money from my dad and, uh, we were able to shoot with that money, with that extra money from my parents. Cause again, we had already budgeted out just half that for the house. Uh-huh. So with the extra money, we were actually able to kind of continue into the next year. Uh, we, we started in October. We went, uh, through into like January or February where we were still shooting stuff. Now, outside the house, we actually wrapped on the house and we mm-hmm. were, you know, shooting other stuff that we needed. And uh, it was all kind of downhill because we had that extra money and everything was looking real good by May of that following year. And then my partner got a job in Portland. And so I decided uh, to move with them to Portland at that time. Oh. And that uh, put a little bit of a, a crimp in the production. Um, because we were mostly, everybody was in Seattle and my job was in Seattle. And so I had to kind of, I, I did wind up leaving my job and I, I couldn't find a job in Portland. So I was like real low on money. And, uh, by the time my Portland adventure had ended, I was, I was all out of money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I was completely broke. So we were not, um, doing anything on the movie and, and, and you had, had about
0: how much of it shot at this point would you say
1: i would say we were probably we were 100 percent shot mm-hmm. we needed to do pickups and we okay. needed to do reshoots mm. uh, because there were okay. some things that it didn't make sense there was just some problems um, and that's
0: rough because you've got actors that are moving on to other projects you know they might be changing their hairstyles you know that kind of thing exactly got crew, and, and I mean, what kind of crew, what kind of crew size did you have for your production by the way just curious yeah
1: so my i, I always had um my dp uh rakesh malik who was a seattle film institute seattle film institute student uh yeah. when we met and uh he was really cool had a lot of great technical knowledge and also had connections because he was a student at sfi to equipment so he could always get his equipment yeah and uh he uh was in charge of getting crew folks he would he would get you know students that he was friends with and uh we would get people you know who were you know basically pretty new at making movies to come help him he was he was very knowledgeable he was he had already graduated so that was really handy um In a lot of ways you know it it had that foot in the film student world still Mm -hmm. um even though rakesh and i were pretty pretty experienced um i would say you know most of the shoots it was four or five crew members you Mm -hmm. know me Mm -hmm. him and maybe two helpers sometimes only one person helping i was you know wearing lots of different hats so was he
0: of course you know? yeah so back in portland you ran out of money uh, so what happens next and and, and what, what are we into 2015 2016 yeah now? We're or like, it's yeah. probably
1: 2016 the yeah. you know the uh donald trump years of oh, yeah. america God, he was elected so yeah. bizarre right so that so that happened and yeah. and i'm broke and lots of personal things are happening and and my life is changing and i yeah. and i've got this kind of Sort of damocles which is man baby hanging over my head people are yeah. like well when's when's man baby coming out and i'm like yeah. well you know I, I gotta do this and i gotta do this i had a long list and you know we talk about planning and it's like well then then the plan really starts happening because i'm writing down the list of all the things i need to do to just make the movie happen yeah you know just just to get it finished just to be yeah. like okay we're done i'm not even thinking about distribution at this point and it's a long list and it's it's depressing and it's mm-hmm. it's hard and so yeah. you know years go by before um we can start working on things again some of the actors were out of seattle uh sydney the actor who plays dana she went to la asa who is man baby eventually moved to portland but mm. not yeah lots of lots of people moving around and yeah. me kind of pulling out yeah. my non-existent hair yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know in different ways but um I would say that, you know, by 2017, we um, decided to budget out what we needed to do and get everybody together. And we did another Kickstarter. We budgeted it out. And that Kickstarter failed. Oh, we did wow. did not hit our goal. We did not make our money. Oh. I wouldn't say man, maybe was dead in the water at that point, but it was, it was certainly like kind of treading water, you know, it yeah. was like, okay, well we, we don't. And I, and again, like I had no money. I was, I was broke most of my time in Portland. So a couple of things changed in 2018. I moved back to Seattle. Uh, my business started thriving, uh, when I moved back to Seattle for whatever reason, maybe I was just happier.
0: Is your uh, business film or video related or? Yeah. What's so different? my business
1: is, is Seattle video marketing and I do, uh, a lot of like video ads for Facebook and ah. Instagram that kind okay. of thing. So cool. I shoot them and I manage the campaigns and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so, yeah, business picked up and started to make it so that I could support myself again, which was mm-hmm. nice. Yep. And, uh, Sydney. The actor who plays dana actually was back in seattle so we took the plan that we had with that second kickstarter all the stuff we needed and we said okay we can do this without the without the kickstarter funds if we just take our time Mm -hmm. if we just kind of you know say it's only going to be on weekends now yeah and that's exactly what we did so so it was kind of like weekends and nights and Reshot a bunch of stuff in 2020 during the pandemic. <laughs> actually, actually wow. reshooting stuff, doing um, voiceovers and ADRs and stuff all through all through 2020 too, um, if I remember correctly. Um, and I think I think maybe even starting starting to do some stuff in 2019, but yeah didn't, we didn't get to that point of like the ADR and the reshoots until we had like a really good cut in 2019, I'd Mm -hmm. say. But anyway, yeah, it's, we didn't have the budget, but you know, money, you know, the money time matrix, it's like, if you don't have money, you do have time. And so that is kind of why it took those extra three years. uh, You know, I I think it would have took a long time no matter what, but uh, certainly that was a big part of it was just like, well, we're going to make it right. We're going to make it good, but we just have to take our time.
0: Mhm yeah and I, I think that's a that's a good lesson i think is you know it it's so hard to get a movie done um yes, you know yes. there's there's so much that needs to come together you know not to mention money and time but just so many other little things that are dependent upon money and time even though i i know it's kind of agonizing that it took as long as it did i think it's just that's part of the experience, you know, that happens to a lot of filmmakers. So, yeah. Uh, but you got it done, you know, you eventually yeah. got it done, which is a, a great thing. You, you never gave up on it. You, you never let it go. And and that's, you know, that's an accomplishment. So, and still My, just kind of working without any additional funding. You're just kind of getting it done as you can yep. on your yep. own resources. Just getting it done as right. we can.
1: Just, yep. you know. Um. Yep. Near near that like last lap, it was like every night, late nights. You mm-hmm. know, just just staying up all night working Did on. Did you have it a, a
0: particular lap. deadline that you were trying to meet at some point, or
1: we had? We must have had at least seven deadlines, Oh, (laughs) you know, where we said, okay, we're going to be done. And then we did, you know, we didn't we, you know, we just personally
0: imposed deadlines or were there like reasons for it? Like film festivals or something like that. No, No, just like we've got to get this done by then. And we were just like,
1: let's, let's do, let's try to get this done at this date. Let's try to get this done. And, And of course we just, we just kept pushing it back because you know again there was no real reason to have a deadline other than just personally you want to do it but at the same time
0: you want to make the best movie you can so yeah yeah that's and that's gonna when you don't have a real real deadline that's what's gonna take precedence every time so yeah so
1: that is what took precedence we you know we i I made the movie that i wanted to make um Mm -hmm. and i think joe did too i think you know together uh we had a vision for this movie from the script to the finished product and i think you know, while it's fairly different from the script, I think it's definitely our collective vision, mm-hmm. and at the same time, I think it's also our collective vision for a for a mainstream, you know, commercial niche streaming movie. You know, um, yeah, I, I I made the movie I wanted to
0: make. Yeah, I mean that's great. <laughs> that, 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 that's you know? great, and everything else. I mean, I think that if you're going to be an independent filmmaker that has to be priority number one or you shouldn't yes. be doing it, you know, like, yes, like yes. be, be proud of the art, take joy in doing the art. Uh yeah. And if nobody ever sees it, I mean, that sucks, but you can't be in it. If, if your primary purpose is to have it be a huge success, you just, yeah, yeah or exactly. if you can, but you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be delusional, you know? Right.
1: Right. So in the, in yeah. the process, I think, you know, yeah, like, yeah. The pro- I mean, just, just having fun, like, again, like that's why writing and why editing are my favorite parts is because I like hanging out with Joe and making jokes and yeah, you know, fucking around on a computer, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. Pardon my French, but it's like, no, that's, no you know, so. that's what I like. It's like, right. you know, yep. I just like goofing off and yeah, Sometimes when you're on a set, it's like the, you know, the pressure <laughs> of like, hey, we got to get this thing done. We got it. Yeah. It's a little less
0: playtime, you know? Right, right. That's uh, my favorite part of making movies is being on the set, being under nice, that gun, nice. you know, so everybody's different. Right. All right. So as you're kind of finishing up post, are you starting to think about distribution? Are you starting yeah. to plan more seriously for that kind yeah. of thing? It must, must have been to after all these years to, to actually be kind of looking down at that, looking down the barrel of that gun, so to speak, must have been pretty satisfying to finally get to that point where you can start to think about how am I going to get this out to, to eyeballs, you know, so.
1: it felt really good um, yeah. to see the movie, even in the state where where we didn't have music, but we had some of the ADR, you mm-hmm. know, like when we had that, when we took that time to do that stuff, that's really when my distribution plan, that's when I started to actually like plan things out. You know, like okay. I I always had this, you know, again, like, I was like, okay, this is a, this is a commercial idea, but it's still kind of me making my thing, but I'm working a little bit harder on this. It's a step up. But then when I saw the movie and I was like, you know, this is a good movie. And certainly like those delusions came in because I was like, you know, <laughs> the odds are low, but like, why not? You know, yep. like yep. it's, it's, it's got some things in it that are going to connect with people. And I was just kind of like, why not? And so my line with Joe and, and he agreed with me, we, we started talking about this as we were in the kind of la- that last lap in post-production is, we're going to do everything by the book. We're going to make, you know, this is like a Disney movie. So, like, how would Disney do this? That was, you know, we would always ask, you know, in any kind of, uh, you know, marketing, in any kind of way that we were going to release this, we were like, how, how would a studio do this? How would Disney yeah. do this? Hmm. Um, and I think, you know, my plan was pretty close to that, you know? Hmm. So, you know, the budget for the movie was, was pretty low in, in only the five figures, but we said the market, I said the marketing budget is going to match that. We're going to have that, you know, just like a studio would. And just like a studio, we're going to release in theaters before we go streaming. But Mm -hmm. we're going to do, we're going to follow all the steps that a studio would do, but just on our small budget. And so, yeah, that was all planned out. It was all very intentional. And I think successful, at least in the sense that like it taught me a lot, like it was a great experience and and it was fun and, you know, successful financially, not in a way that's, you know... It's making millions of dollars, but the investment is so low that it's, yeah. you know. So, now, yeah,
0: let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Like you couched it in terms of a plan that's, you know, just like Disney. Um, so, can you talk a little bit more about that plan? What are the steps of the plan? What did you actually go through? Uh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, how were those experiences?
1: Yeah, I don't have any documentation in front of me right now, but I, you oh, know, off, right. the top of, off the top of my head, I can remember specifically that plan being maybe you're familiar with the term forwalling, walling right mm-hmm, with of used course to call. yeah so i wanted to four the movie i wanted uh, one, one of my ideas kind of earlier on was a, was actually like a road show so mm-hmm. it was like we're going to take the movie with the actors to different cities and and do that you know, even from when we had the Kickstarter, we had a, we always had a pretty good online following. We always kind of mm-hmm. had people who were interested in the YouTube, who were, who were commenting and watching and stuff. So, so I always thought that w- that could have been a possibility, but, you know, with them being in different parts of the country and of course, just the budgetary concerns, really, even the pandemic actually played a little bit mm-hmm. of a factor in that. I said, no, we're just, we're just gonna, we're gonna release in theaters. We're gonna, we're gonna play the, we're gonna four wallet, it, but, you know, just in select theaters. hmm Um, which I feel like is a kind of a traditional thing, you know, that studios do. And so we're going to do that. And what actually had, what started happening over the pandemic, if you remember in 2020, you know, movies, studios were releasing in theaters and streaming simultaneously, Mm -hmm. you know, is what they've started doing. And so I said, you know, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. And I, and really it's not so much of a plan as it's just like, I just want as many people to see this movie as possible. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? And so streaming uh, was the way to do it. And uh, with my online research from from work, just, I guess, I don't know how I figured it out, but, you know, Vimeo allows you to stream uh, with a rental kind of thing. And so I said that, uh would be the way that we we have a paywall around the movie online you know we wouldn't just dump it on youtube we'd Mm -hmm. kind of keep it keep it from people for a little while and uh show it in some theaters Mm
0: -hmm. how many how many theaters did you show it in
1: so we showed it in three theaters we premiered it in seattle we got uh, a deal with central cinema in Mm -hmm. seattle then we got another deal in portland uh at the fourth wall pdx which is like a cinema coffee booze bar place and then uh we played at the lemley royal in los angeles which uh, the lemley theaters are very very pro indie filmmakers and are very interested in cutting deals with you and and working with people who want to show their movies um again i don't know how i knew that i think i just endless googling i kind of yeah found that situation um Central Cinema is like right in my neighborhood here in Seattle. I live in Central District of Seattle, so okay. Central it's just right in my neighborhood. You know, it just it just kind of worked out that we got those theaters and we got people into those theaters. It was great. It was, you know, there's really I mean I I had a great time in Seattle screening the movie. It was a it was a pretty capacity house, lots of people. Los Angeles was a little less crowded because it's not my hometown. My mm-hmm. network there's a bit smaller. But you know, there was just nothing like seeing a movie in a theater, you know, with other people and no doubt. on a big screen and in, in LA it was loud, it was big, it was just, you know, so nice. Yeah. And while that was all happening, we were also streaming on Vimeo. So people okay. all across the country could could have rented it. Uh, you know, I think for a little less than a ticket price. I think we had it at like twelve ninety nine or something or ten ninety nine. Um and people did. A a lot of people did. A lot of people wow. Came in and rented it and that was a, a revenue stream.
0: Do you set your own rental price on Vimeo? I, I'm do. Actually not that yeah. familiar
1: with how Vimeo works. So yeah, okay. you do uh, so Vimeo uh, operates on a system you get a uh, Vimeo pro account to set up the subscription page and then uh, And then you're you can sell uh, for purchase or for rental Okay, and your movie then goes into their kind of on-demand app so people can just find it randomly You know and you can direct people to that page. It's 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 pretty cool you know, was very useful for that kind of opening salvo, I guess, yeah. as I called it. My plan, though, was always then to have more people see it because it, th- that rental price is going to keep a lot of people away. And it, mm-hmm. and it did keep a lot of people away. I, I think, you know, some people waited a while, but a lot of people watched it. But then, you know, fr- from there, I was, I was really marketing the movie hard. You know, in Los Angeles, I was marketing it very hard to small distributors.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: a lot of small distributors were invited to see it theatrically. And they could also see it streaming on a free link. Okay. Um, I was submitting it. So, to... so
0: at this point, you are sort of entertaining the possibility of, of hooking up with some kind of distributor for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
1: Definitely. Because um, uh, in my mind, a great finished movie. And so I'm I'm putting it out there everywhere that I can put it out there. Yeah. Um, going back into all my old contacts, seeing, right. you know, who wants to watch it, really, really pushing it sounds Um, like
0: you didn't uh correct me if i'm wrong but you didn't go after film festivals at all i did i I did actually also go
1: and after some film festivals too and we we've we've played some we've already played some oh okay which is which is nice um i'm kind of doing all that simultaneously but the plan is you know at least in terms of you know distribution at this point is like the pod right self-distribution so Mm -hmm. i'm keeping it behind that vimeo paywall and i'm only Mm -hmm. sending it to uh you folks who are going to want to distribute it or show it in their theater or show it in their festival, pushing it pretty hard in all these different directions just to see what would happen because maybe, yeah, maybe I'm thinking of like uh breaking glass entertainment, right? It's like small kind of places like that. Like even yep. if, even if something like that is, is distributing your movie, like you're still, you're still self-distributing, right? Because it's, they're not, yeah. they're, they're not going to, pay for any advertising they're not gonna right. they're not gonna do anything like that yeah I I'm holding out hope maybe maybe somebody's gonna take it and put it in their library but then even then I'm it's still up to me to push it
0: so when you're saying I'm holding out hope are you talking about the actual present or are you going back a couple years to the time when you're doing this and saying I'm holding out hope uh. Uh,
1: that's a that's a great question I think, <laughs> I think even now you know like like who knows because I, I look not everyone has seen this movie yet, so you know maybe they'll hear it on this pod and they'll go watch it and they'll say, yep. "Hey, wait, let's give this guy a deal." Right? Yeah that that hope obviously like that that hope was much higher in August and then it's uh, curving it's trending down for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, as as the days go by, it's trending down. But you know, again, in self distribution, there's, as you're aware, there's a great platform called Film Hub, which mm-hmm. aggregates uh, libraries the way that like those little distribution companies used to. Again, that was kind of part of my plan. I said, well, you know, I'm I'm not going to wait on indie films, whatever, you know, all, all the, the the little the little guys. I'm not going to wait yep. for them to ask me for five hundred dollars to mm-hmm. put my movie in their library. I'm gonna, you know, see what's out there and. And thankfully, Filmhub is out there now. I think mm-hmm. had Man Baby come out two or three years ago, we might not be yep. in such a good situation, actually. I, I think actually, you know, this is kind of a, a prime time for people who are making their own movies and self-distributing to to get out there. Yeah. Because now that Man Baby's on Tubi, you know, people are watching it every day. And that's pretty fantastic. And the the residuals are are small. They're not uh huge, but they do come.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: people do watch and people find it and you know like we were saying that's kind of what it's what it's all about anyway right it's just you're trying to yep, yep. you're having fun doing it and getting it out there you know is there is there uh room for more i, I think so you know i think um film hub uh, you know is a great platform for getting lots of different streamers to see your movie and mm-hmm. potentially Can you talk stream talk a
0: little bit more about that like what's the what's the actual How does film hub work what's the process and and how does that kind of actually get out to i actually learned
1: about film on a on a pod uh called around the reel which is uh some filmmakers here in tacoma who watched man baby and they had a good time watching it and they had me on and at that time i was just trying to get people to come to the screenings Mm -hmm. i think i i was on their pod right before the premiere i think and um you know just trying to get people here in seattle to go and they made a, a documentary that they uh, put on film hub. And my understanding that it was profitable because it mm-hmm. was such an affordable, low cost documentary that it actually was profitable on Tubi on, on film hub and on Amazon wow. and Tubi, which got my, whetted my appetite for sure. <laughs> yeah. Cause my movie was very, my movie was very low cost as well, you know, as, yeah. as you can see. And I said, well, you know, so I, you know, I created a film hub account I read the documentation and it's, it's, it's a bit arcane, I guess, but it's simple to use. And I say arcane just because there's lots of technical specifications for your mm-hmm. files and your images that that you need to uh, make sure that you have right. Not Not a huge problem for me, but I could see people who are a little bit more beginner or intermediate having a little trouble with some of the export settings and in a bigger picture way too i could see someone who's a little less experienced having problems just with the kind of the copy uh copywriting aspect you know because mm-hmm. it really is on Film Hub, you're creating a package that you're going to use to sell to tubi or netflix or whoever and if you're if you're not in a sales mind perspective of selling your movie if you're more just talking about your movie it's yep. it's not going to be um as interesting to a potential buyer right yeah
0: and i think that's a that's a big lesson for for independent filmmakers as well yeah. is that you, these days you can't just be a filmmaker uh you've got to be a filmmaker and a marketer and a salesperson and in all that stuff like you just there's just no way that you can make your film and expect that it's going to reach the world without A lot of extra pushing yeah
1: yeah Um, for sure for sure and it's it's i mean you know there's positives and negatives to that i suppose but again i said you know with this movie man baby it's it's weird Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous it's strange but we're going to do it by the book so i always try to position it like it's you know an adam sandler movie or something (laughs) tommy boy you know if you watch the trailer i feel like a lot of people watch the trailer and they're like oh i thought it was going to be this and it's it's not and right Right. I feel bad, maybe for bait and switch, but yeah, I think I think it's important to be selling, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. to be closing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think you mentioned that you um, it was always your intention to have the marketing budget match your production budget effectively. Uh, were you able to raise that money once you kind of went into marketing? Were you able to raise enough money to do that kind of marketing, or did you have it yes. on hand? Or
1: I had it on okay. hand. You I had I it. Had on the, hand. I had that. I had that saved. The business was doing much better, right. and okay. uh, you know, the great thing about now running my own business is that I was able to let the business do the marketing for the movie. And that was, Ah, uh, that's cool.
0: Yeah. So what did you spend that money on? If you don't mind my asking, like, how how did that money get spent?
1: So, and we're still, we're still kind of spending it actually. So it's not totally, it wasn't all, it wasn't totally spent in that first push mainly because of the, um, you know, success of, uh, getting on Tubi. So Uh that was kind of an unexpected, you know, financial win for the movie. Um, not, uh, not saying that we were pulling a profit at all, but unexpectedly, you know, it's like, Hey, there's actually, there's actually something coming in. That's, yeah.
0: So, that's, so let's uh, talk about, that. I do want to get back to the, to the spend, but, but yeah. let's talk about that a little bit since we're yeah. on it. Like the 2B, did that come through film hub? Was that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's the so, film hub. And then eventually it got aggregated into these other streaming services, including 2B and including I guess, I guess it, yeah. it sounds like 2B and 2B is AVOD. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it sounds like 2B just kind of took off um yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. do you have any notion as to why did, or did was it due to anything that you did or did it just kind of happen? I'm I'm actually
1: going to say that um, it's partially what I did because it is advertising. So, so there is, there uh, was, you know, during the first uh, release on Tubi, um, ad money that I'm spending to Mm -hmm. promote Tubi. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting in to get out, to try to like, reach critical mass where I'm not putting in, if that makes sense. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm so uh
0: is that advertising on Tubi, like trying to get people who are searching for stuff on it's, Tubi? It's advertising all
1: over. So like, it's and it kind of relates to my day job, you know, it's yeah. it's Google ads, it's I YouTube see, yeah. ads, it's Facebook ads, it's Instagram ads, Twitter okay. ads, Reddit ads you know, and testing those ads and seeing what works and what doesn't work. So what that, they, what is
0: that process like then? Uh I'm sorry, I didn't, if you have another thought to add, please go ahead, but oh, I, no, I, just, no. uh, I wanted to know what that process of is like of placing all of those ads, you know, is, does that involve a lot of sort of market research and, you know, kind of feedback, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't shifting your strategies, you know, can you yeah. speak to that a, a little all, bit? All,
1: all those things, all those things. It's a lot yeah. of Googling around and trying to figure out, okay, what works? You know, I, I, I did a little kind of like market research, like Facebook, um, because of like I said how our YouTube channel was kind of successful when we were when we were doing the Kickstarter and, mm-hmm. and had like some teasers out back in 2014, 2015. So I kind of you know I, I I knew a little bit about the audience and uh, yeah just from googling around and and just kind of my experience with other clients who aren't movies, right? Um, mm-hmm. Big client that I have are are gyms. And so Mm -hmm. gyms are looking for their demographic. And so I'm pretty well versed in how to, you know, how to create a good Facebook ad for a gym. Okay. Um, So I just kind of took those lessons into making a movie. I I knew my movie very well. And so I thought I can create this. And, you know, some of those ads worked really well. Some of them, not so well. Sometimes it's platform dependent. Reddit, I thought was going to be a big platform for us, and it wasn't. But Twitter, mm-hmm. Twitter was a great platform for us, even though we don't have we don't really have many Twitter followers that are following the the man baby movie Twitter the ads themselves got a lot of traffic over to Tubi and Mm -hmm. so that was good and and over to our website which you know is not as good as a direct traffic to Tubi but it's still you know pretty good
0: yeah uh yeah so any you know while we're on that subject any lessons excuse me specific lessons learned from that experience like the ad experience in particular
1: I mean again it's kind of it's it seems like it's you know always be selling always be closing (laughs) always always kind of promote the thing. I think there's a little bit of a problem with this movie too, is that a lot of people see these ads for it, these trailers, images, and they kind of think it's one thing and then they get mm-hmm. something else. And I think yeah. that, you know, is it's a bit problematic maybe. Um, and maybe that's part of why we haven't caught fire or maybe it's just because it's just such a weird movie. I don't know. Yeah. My gut actually tells me this, that it's all kind of a money thing, if that makes sense. Um, if we just made the movie with a bigger and i think it is not it's not i was gonna say if we just spent more money on marketing more people would see it but that's Mm -hmm. i don't think that's totally true i think it's if we had a bigger budget i think if the movie was just a bit slicker Mm -hmm. budget wise and then scale that up you know if you if you would have spent a million dollars on man baby and then a million dollars on advertising I'm I'm not saying that it would be, you know, in Sundance or South by Southwest, but I think we'd, I I think, I think you'd have a bigger fan following. Yeah. And I think it would be a little bit more, it would, it would really have a niche and I, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know, but ifs and buts and that kind of thing. It's a but tough call, right? It, because it is, it is. Because
0: you have to make. Well, I don't know if your goal is to make money or to treat it like a business. Then that it's that much more money to make make back. Uh, exactly. Exactly. You know, and that's that's the that's you know that faces every movie that's made from movies that are made for a thousand bucks to movies that are made for a few hundred million. You know, yeah. They're all. It's face- a tough call. It's a tough call. But I <laughs> yeah. but I do
1: but I do think I think a million dollar investment would have like put it past a certain point where it would be like probably making money at this point, but you know, yeah, I could be wrong. I could be wrong.
0: Is there, is there any kind of regret there then that you didn't, when you were first envisioning this project that you didn't go after a big, bigger budget and actually try to raise financing and kind of more, you know, a higher budget process? Yeah. 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 I'd say I have some regret about
1: that. And I, and I definitely, you know, that's something that I kind of go back and forth in my head over my next project is that, you know, well, am I going to sit on it and wait till I have, you know, a, a quote unquote real budget, or am mm-hmm. I going to, you know, proceed with the, the working class budget that I have, you know, yeah. which is, which is kind of, that's the dilemma. It was nice uh, with man, baby working a little bit with other people's money, you know, as mm-hmm. opposed to always my own, um, yeah. which I am so used to. Right. So that was, that was kind of nice. And I, and I kind of would like to do that again, but I don't know how to, exactly make that happen other than crowdfunding you know
0: yeah well so, yeah i mean that's right when you talk about other people's money that's that was the other people's money but now that you have well you have a couple you have three features under your belt but you have one that is uh maybe a little bit more perceivable as a mainstream film that can yield success you know maybe that's something that you can use to get financing for yourself in in the future for your next project yeah i, I, think, I can hope I, think... I can hope we'll see yeah, i'm, I'm right.
1: going back and forth in my head you know and, and yeah. just seeing how that how that is going to pan out. And, and, and again, you know, um, it's a matrix of things, you know, because the other thing is, is again, audience and distribution Mm -hmm. and like, who's going to see this. And it's like, some of my most seen things are these anonymous grandpa movies. And Mm it, and it kind of is like, well, how do I, how can I do that, but also make a little money, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and kind of just, yeah. So lots of different thoughts in my head. And I don't know, I don't know what the next one will be, but
0: yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, let uh, We'll talk about that in a minute because I do. I do want to kind of know what's in in your future. But um, yeah. I am curious just to drill down a little bit on on one thing, which is talking about Tubi oh, yeah. and, and how you've had kind of particular success on Tubi. Yeah. Uh, is that been your most successful platform? Would you say?
1: Yeah, definitely, w- without yeah. a doubt, by far. Um, not yeah. not very much action on Amazon. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, people aren't necessarily. It seems like maybe we've had a couple rentals but uh, it doesn't look like anyone's buying it. Uh,
0: well, you don't make that much money from Amazon even if they do, anyway, rent it, right? Yeah, I mean, who yeah, cares? Exactly. <laughs> you yeah, know, you get a yeah. you get a couple cents for every viewing, right? Yeah, you know, this so is true. This um yeah, true. I mean, let, let, if we can talk about that a little bit, like what you had it on Vimeo first? Is it still on Vimeo now?
1: No, so um so yeah, so down? that was just part of my plan. So on right. Vimeo, I was I was just going to, you know, keep it on Vimeo and just keep lowering the rental cost. I see. Essentially was, yeah. you know, like a, like a studio would, you know, um, but in that, in, in the intervening time, we got onto FilmHub Hub and Tubi yep. and uh, okay. a couple other platforms picked us up. So at that time, I said, "Oh, I'm gonna, you know, Vimeo's not really worth it anymore. I'm just gonna cut that out." So right. I think over the last like month, we've you know cut Vimeo out completely. So okay,
0: so with Vimeo, were you you were spending money to have it on Vimeo? How does that work?
1: Yeah, Vimeo, you pay for a year in full. I see. Uh, so yeah, we had actually the year. I think. I think I paid for it last February, and so I think mm-hmm. it ended this February. So it wound up being pretty perfect, and it's it's actually it's really not that it's not that expensive. I think it's a couple okay. hundred bucks for the year. You know, okay. We we definitely definitely made that money back. You know, just on Vimeo. Oh, right? great. So, okay. You know, having yeah. the um, the pro plan and then having it for rental for eleven ninety
0: nine. You know, yep. we we covered that and then some. So. Right. So and then how does the revenue sharing with Tubi work? Yeah, so Tubi or, pays or with Film Hub actually. Both, yeah, both... yeah. Tubi pays Film
1: Hub, and Film Hub takes twenty percent. I see. And then Tubi's paying out quarterly, as is I think all the streamers. It seems like are like right, you know, paying out quarterly. And so, yeah, Film Hub makes their money by taking out uh twenty percent. Yeah, which is a lot, but you know, when you think about going back, you know, five seven years ago to all those little companies that would put you in a library, you know, they were asking for up to 5k, I think sometimes to to get into those things. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and plus they have, plus they have, I mean, any, I don't know about those like kind of big, just put them in a catalog distributors, but there's also those distributors where they will market your film, but they're going to, charge you nickel and dime you for every cent that they can uh yeah. bef- and, yeah. and 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 you can't you know it's really hard to supervise that that process so yeah. you know, whether they spend the money or not you can't tell and they're just going to take it out of what they're going to pay you so you yeah. know filmmakers definitely just they've, they've gotten screwed by all of those kinds of processes so I think anything that results in a filmmaker getting at least Fifty percent of the revenue for something is yeah. a good thing, you know. I, and yeah, personally, I, I feel like filmmakers should be should let just reject anything out in the world that doesn't give them fifty percent of of the revenue for it. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if filmmakers are going to join in in some grand collective <laughs> right. actions to do anything like that. But it just seems unacceptable to me that filmmakers, the people who put their heart and soul into these things from the beginning, uh, sometimes their own money, that they see such a small percentage i'm not talking about like it's still up to them to make their film successful And well, if they don't make any money they don't make any money but if they do make money then yeah. filmmakers should get some of that money you know you got to get I,
1: my guy um you got to get my guy a guy i went to school with uh, insung wang i'll I'll send you his email yeah please um, do he made a movie 10 years ago he's 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 got a great story about kind of what we're talking about these the, about those those rinky dink kind of he his movie Essentially, got like kind of stolen from him by a European distributor, mm, and like he yeah. hasn't seen any money. And I, I yeah. feel like that'd be a pretty engaging pod if he's yeah. if he's if he's interested in talking about it. I don't know if he.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's, unfortunately, I think you know some of the some of the stories on this podcast are going to be bad experiences. Some of them are going to be good. Some of them are going to be bad. And I want to share everything. That's, you know, that's uh, uh, an important part of of it for me. I don't want to just be like, you know, just get all the people on who've had great success or have great joyful stories to tell. I want to get the whole spectrum of experience. So, uh, you know, but, and there's a lot of (laughs) people have had some, some pretty poor experiences out there, unfortunately, you know, in in a lot of cases. So, uh, but yeah, so, so I'm sorry. So with, with Tubi, the revenue sharing uh, yeah, that's right. Film help you said takes out fifty percent, and then you get twenty percent. Twenty
1: percent, yeah. 20%. Uh, I'm sorry, so we get eighty. Yeah, you
0: get eighty. Right, right. And yeah, that which money, is which is good. Yeah, that's good. And that yeah. money is, you know, because people aren't paying, it's not transactional. So people aren't paying to watch the film. It's just right. coming through advertising. So right. Tubi is. Tubi is arranging all the advertising. They're deciding the points to put the ads in the movie and all of that stuff.
1: Actually, you can, you, as a filmmaker, you can decide the points where you put the really? ads, uh, oh, which is really nice. Okay. Um, and uh, and yeah, and Tubi's paying by how many ads are getting viewed, essentially. Yeah. Um, right. You know, right. It's by by the length that people are staying, and you know, thankfully, I think that's part of the thing about Man Baby is as a script, it's a page turner, and as a movie, it's a bit of a it, you know, you want to see what happens next, and yeah, so people yeah. kind of. People are lingering on it, and yeah. that that helps on a yeah. you know on an AVOD kind of situation
0: for sure. And um, so, if you don't mind, and and feel free to decline if you want to. But could you share what kind of numbers you are actually making from that, or what what kind of numbers you've actually seen from that?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're we're only talking uh, high three figures.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right per now. Uh, per month per month. I mean, yeah. Okay. So which is which is a nice
1: kind of you know part time job kind of yeah. thing, yeah. you know. And yeah. it's not again like that's going to go down, right? That's it's right. not going to. But for a, for a release, that's pretty good for me, right. considering we only spent you know five figures on the actual production. So mm-hmm. you know,
0: yeah, yep. um, Now I, I still imagine, not to put words into your mouth, but I imagine that you're nowhere close to making your money back on on this film. I don't think or, so, or or, think... or you know, or the Kickstarter money back. Or well, whatever, or or, or the
1: marketing money, right? Or right. The advertising right. or that right. kind of thing. I mean, you right. know, because we're. Right if we say, you know, the movie was ten thousand dollars, actually it's twenty because of the, the marketing that yeah. we put into it. Yeah. Um yeah. and so yeah, so we're we're not really making that mark uh, just yeah. yet. We're not gonna probably turn a profit. But um, you know, we made a great movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I said this before, but yeah, I think that's how you have to walk away from it. You that's know, that, that has to be num- number one. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, you know, that said <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to push a little bit, uh, like, yeah. is that, has that been um, emotionally difficult for you? Like, did you have higher hopes, higher expectations and, yeah. and does yeah, that feel of course. pretty disappointing? Of course. And, you know, I d- don't mean to make you feel bad about it, but I'm just yeah, no, no, no. sharing experience. Yeah.
1: I, I have a, um, I I have a thing that I want to do. I'm, you know, a lot of podcasts have been reaching out um, because I am you know, promoting it pretty hard and I'm, and I'm reaching out to different people and I have, you know, I'm going to do a bit uh, soon where I'm going to be very disgruntled about (laughs) not, um, not getting nominated for any Oscars. Somebody, (laughs) somebody on uh, Twitter who I, I have no idea who they are. I think they do, they do some podcast in Ohio or something. Um, They posted a picture of the poster and they said, uh, zero nominations for man baby the Uh. biggest biggest snub of the year and uh (laughs) i thought that was hilarious yeah that's great um and so i you know i played along with it and um so yeah some somewhere in my mind i'm not i'm not playing when i when i do say you know this man baby was a really good script like it was a really good script yeah so i there's a little bit of I I think the disappointment comes not from the money thing because I don't really think that was ever realistically in my head. I I don't think I ever thought it was going to make a lot of money, but you know, I just, in, in this podcast, I've gotten an email of another festival rejection, you know, I I thought maybe there'd be more festivals for this Mm -hmm. movie. And so Mm -hmm. that's certainly like an emotional kind of thing. But that being said, you know, to anyone listening, that's life. We yep. we need to have hard, hard hardships in life. Uh, we need to have sadness. We need you know we need to experience these things. That's that's what being alive is <laughs> about. I think yeah. um, there's happiness and there's sadness and there's good times and there's bad. And um, certainly making man baby was not a bad time. It was an amazing time. It was so much fun and yeah. releasing it was so much fun. And so if I just kind of like live in the moment kind of, you know, attitude about it, then like, there's, there's no regrets at all. If you just kind of look at, well, what am I doing in the moment? Like it was, it was fantastic. Again, like the money thing, like, because I was being so conservative with the budget to begin with, you know, I, I was very conservative and, and yep. really operating on a small amount. And so it was like, could, could this actually make some money? Well, it, it really could if, if it got some kind of you know indie indie distribution deal where people are watching this in different cities like then right. it would it would immediately make money because it was so low cost right yep. but it's a gamble yep. and it didn't happen fortunately i think like it's a very small gamble for me personally it's a small gamble it's a small roll of the dice
0: right and, and i think and, that's um, key i mean uh, you know the the financial gamble should be small but the personal gamble it's not as much of a gamble if you're doing it for the right reasons right. like exactly. if you if you're doing it primarily for the joy of filmmaking for the joy of sharing your work with audiences that kind of thing like nothing can stop you from succeeding at that you know exactly. um, and exactly. uh as long as it's not making you homeless <laughs> you know right, like that, right. I, I would right. never advise anybody to put every, I would not either uh, put put on either. their credit cards you know people talk about putting movies on their credit cards but I don't think that's a good thing to do yeah you know? that can be tricky yeah, keep yourself tricky. financially stable but yes. then do pour your heart into it, pour your heart yes. and soul into it, you know? So yes. anyway, definitely, I appreciate your honesty on that and indulging yeah. me in a little bit of, uh, you know, emotional therapeutic exploration. Cause I think yeah. that's important. I think it's important for that kind, you know, those kinds of personal responses to be shared with audiences, that sort of thing. So yeah. looking towards the future, uh, you know, what's, what's next on your plate, what are you looking to do next? And how are you taking the kind of lessons that you've learned this time around into the future?
1: Yeah. I, you know, I'm working on a couple of like faux documentary kind of things. I'm writing a script right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm again, kind of the, the, the matrix thing. I'm just, I'm spinning a bunch of plates Mm -hmm. trying to see, you know, which one's gonna fall first, and yeah. uh, when it falls, then I'll then I'll know that's the one to kind of start cleaning up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, what about you? I I wanted to ask you about your <laughs> movie
0: uh, a little bit. You're working on a horror film. Sure. Yeah, I've never made a narrative feature before. I made a documentary feature back in the 2000s, and then kind of finished that up. Pursued a few things. Nothing panned out. Then I had a kid, so I kind of focused on writing a sci-fi novel that I've been working on because it's a lot harder to make a film when you're raising a kid. But kid's getting a little older now. I have some circumstances arranged in my life so that I can dive right into making this narrative feature. I mean, you know, my whole goal is basically just, I want to make a narrative feature film before I die, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you know, nice. uh, and uh, I've you know, i got my life arranged in a way that I can do that now. I have some financial stability that I can do that. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm going full bore in. So I have, um, since I, I haven't made anything for a long time, I haven't made, an, a, you know, a narrative feature at all. I'm, I'm actually going to start off by making a few, uh, three shorts this summer uh, that are sort of like related to the feature in a way they will you know, allow me to work on techniques that are specific to the feature and and a style nice. and tone that are that are in keeping with the feature, and you know, get get that practice under my belt. Maybe get some material that I can put out there, and get some publicity, get some perhaps financing, you know, that kind of thing. Uh nice. And you know, of course, this podcast is, you know, I I, I hope I'm bringing a great service to listeners, but uh, it's also you know, it's part of a of a publicity effort. You know, try to a- attract people to me and my mm-hmm. work and mm-hmm. and what I'm doing in filmmaking. You know, um, nice. so and also it's it's also a, for me to learn from uh, mm-hmm. as well, because I have no idea what the hell I'm going to do when I get to get this film done and want to distribute mm-hmm. it. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, again, like this whole idea that filmmakers put their film out there and recoup such a small percentage of the revenues for it really irks me. <laughs> so yeah. self distribution is really attractive to me because you're in control and you can get all your money back, but it's a lot of work and a lot of time. And you know, I don't know if I'm going to do it. You know, who knows what the, what's going to happen. But I think mm-hmm. this podcast is partly in addition to being able to share things with listeners it's a way for me to learn as well to help with my own personal you know endeavors as as they go along so
1: yeah yeah That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Thanks. Didn't, didn't uh, Robert Towne, the famous screenwriter, didn't he write a book called like, nobody knows anything or.
0: Uh, Yeah. It it rings, rings a bell. Rings a bell, right? Yeah. Yeah, That's what I feel like. It's like so many books, so many books, so many names. (laughs) uh, And as I get older, it's harder and harder for me to like retain (laughs) information in my brain. So (laughs) it's like, yeah, feel free to Google it. Uh, Let's uh, see. Is it Robert Towne? Nobody knows anything. (laughs) William Goldman. uh, William uh, Goldman. Goldman. That's right. Influential
1: (laughs) writer in Hollywood during the second half of the 20th century. He <laughs> yeah. wrote a book called Nobody Knows Anything.
0: Yeah. Uh, it continues to be true, I think. It so. continues but to be true. The only thing I know is is that I love making films. And, and nice. that's all you need to know, I think. You know, it's like yeah. the rest of it is just gravy. If you can f- figure all that stuff out, great. But uh, so much of it is luck. Uh Yeah. You can't count on it. So just yeah. make movies and have fun doing it. And, and the magic. The revel magic. Revel in it. The magic, exactly. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah, great words. So yeah, just uh, any, any final thoughts, anything we didn't cover that you wanted to get to, anything like that?
1: Oh, just uh, anybody listening, check out Man Baby on Tubi TV. Yep. Just uh, Google it or uh, Tubi search
0: it. Right. Any other kind of contact information you want to leave if anyone wants to get in touch with you? Find oh, you. Uh,
1: they can find me on manbabymovie.com. They can find the movie, they can watch the movie there and uh, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy to find. Tim Lytel, Man Baby, you'll find me on all the channels. So. Awesome. Easy to get in touch with. I'll talk to anybody who wants to talk if they <laughs> want to talk about making movies or, or whatever.
0: All right. Well, that's all for today. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and or review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Then spread the word. Tell your friends because I'm just starting out so I can use all the help I can get to grow the show and reach a wider audience of independent filmmakers and others who just want to try to understand this uh, crazy, crazy world of independent film distribution. Also, uh, I would love to hear your feedback. Positive, negative, whatever. Comments, questions, suggestions. Send them my way. Uh, If you have guests in mind whose experiences you want to hear about, let me know, and I'll do my best to get them on the show. If you know people who have experience with self or creative distribution, please put me in touch. I'm on Twitter at JustScreenIt. My Instagram is JustScreenItPodcast, or you can just email me at JustScreenIt at DarkRosePictures.com. Uh, By the way, darkrosepictures.com is my in-progress website for my feature and my other projects, Uh, but it's not really up just yet, Uh, just a coming soon banner right now, but the full site is coming very, very soon uh, if you want to follow my work. Anyway, that is truly all for now. I have lots more great guests lined up in the coming weeks. I'll be putting an episode up once or twice a week for the foreseeable future, so stay tuned and thanks for listening.